This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Eyes on Isles regular show with your host, me, Mitch Anderson, and you, James Nichols. James, how are you doing today on this June 8th? I am doing well. It is getting hotter here mm. uh, in New York, and uh, today it's 80, right now at, at 739, it is 84 degrees outside. Uh, so it is, the nice weather is coming, I'm excited for it, and uh, it's making me a happier person. <laughs> Amen. It's been rainy as, like, uh, it's been awful. Last couple of days, just pure on rain. And I know no one really like, well, we're complaining about the weather, but, like, we'll get to some <laughs> spicier topics in a second here. Um, just now there's some sun out. For one day, we're getting one day of sun, and then it's like, ha-ha, screw you, more rain, sucker. <laughs> I'll be with, there, uh, with you there tomorrow. It'll be raining pretty much all day. Awesome. Um, well, let's talk about the future as well, and not so much the future weather, but the future uh, as far as whether or not we're going to get a top key forward and who that top key forward is going to be. So there's an, a number of names out there or that could potentially be out there. Sure. And so I think it's important in this show to just, just focus on that because while that might not be the number one, you need to do this priority for the Islanders, it's certainly 1.5, and that's addressed the lack of quality offense, top quality offense, I should say. And so how do we want to talk through the players? Do we want to list off the candidates and then talk through whether we're yay or naying them? Um, yeah, yeah, we could do that. And I figure we start with the um, the biggest name on the market right now. Um, or, or said to possibly be on the market right now because there was a report earlier um, via Elliot Friedman that he and Sweeney and, and his uh, his agent are going to sit down and start talking about the future, which I thought was interesting terminology rather than saying talking about a contract extension. Mm-hmm. They're going to be talking about the future. Um, so I guess, you know, things are crumbling in Boston right now. There's a plethora of injuries there. They don't know if Bergeron's coming back. They just fried Bruce Cassidy. So it's like, what the hell's up in Boston? And Dave Prosnock is probably thinking, am I going to stay here? So he's the big name, the, the the number one trade target on the board. Probably going to be a lot of talk about that this summer. Um, and, and we'll see where it goes. I, I know that I put something out um, via eyesonisles.com saying that the Islanders must pursue him. And... That's absolutely true, right? Um, even if they don't acquire him, they must at, at least, you know, be in the conversation. Um, make it at least harder for another team to acquire him. Because let's face it, like we said, there's a list of players that could be available. And if it's not Pasternak, you should at least make it harder on the, the other 30 teams who are trying to get in on him uh, to acquire him. So it'll take a lot. Um, I know I had mentioned it might take something like the 13th overall pick. Oliver Wallstrom, Anthony Bavillier, and like a Robin Sallow. It just might like, because we're talking about a guy who won the Richard Trophy three years ago. Yeah, in 1920 with 48 goals. He hasn't scored fewer than 34 goals since, uh, sorry, he scored fewer ones in, in, in 48 games, mind you, uh, since 1516. This guy scored buckets and buckets and like 
Two-time 40-goal scorer. Probably could have been another one in 18-19 where he had 38-66. and 66. Like, this guy just scores goals and, and puts up points, right? He's not just like Anders Lee putting up more goals than he has assists. Right. You've got 81-95, and 78-72 and this year. This guy puts up points. He is a no-doubt surefire top-line offensive player and a killer power play player at that. And he puts the puck in the net. That yeah. is exactly what the and he's twenty six. Right, his age is perfect for the the core of the Islanders. He's literally everything they need in a in a top line winger. Um, it doesn't really get better than him when you're talking about wingers, right? He's he's one of the best. And if you put him on a um a, a line with Barzell, you can only imagine the magic that those two can create mm-hmm. together. So um, he he should be top priority if he does hit the market. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to acquire him. And if the asking price gets absurd, there are other options. Um, but there's no reason why the Islanders shouldn't be in the mix if he does become available. Just because, again, defensemen aside, David Poshnok is everything that they're looking for and have been looking for since, like, forever. <laughs> yeah, forever, right? Like, And, of course, he's... At 26, I think he's got one more year left on his contract at a very nice cap. I think it's like 695 or something like that. Yeah. uh, Considering what he makes. So he's going to need an upgrade ASAP, which isn't necessarily great for the Islanders because they also need to upgrade uh, Matthew Barzal. Uh, But you figure that stuff out, right? Like you'll whatever. It doesn't matter. We'll figure that out next year. We brought in David Pasternak. Right. It's massive. The thing uh, um, about his contract is, uh, you know, Fluto Shinzawa, the Athletics Boston Bruins reporter, had mentioned that in one of his latest articles where he, you know, he, he his contract's running up and, you know, it's possible he'll be moved. But he if he's not moved, he's owed a contract. And what would that look like? He, something, he said something like 8 times 8.5, which I was shocked to see. Um, maybe that's just a hometown discount if he stays with Boston. Um but I, I could see him making something like ten million a year. I yeah, think that's plenty f- expectable for for a guy like Pasternak. You look at uh, Mitch, Mitch, Mitch uh, my kind of spit that out. What Mitch Marner is getting, and yeah, there is no doubt that David Pasternak can get that money w- without yeah. question in the open market, at least. Um, maybe he takes less, knowing that like if I take that amount of money, maybe. You know, I, we can't re-sign Barzal or something like that. that probably right. won't be, but you get where I'm going with this. Um, but eight, eight is, seems eight and a half even seems low. Um, he's making six, 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 which is epic. Um, but yeah, things aren't going well in Boston. If you're already like, oh, I'm not so sure if we can keep our like the, our best player outside of uh, Brad Marchand. <laughs> what? Right. That is not good. Um, so that that is definitely if they can land him. That solves a lot of problems. Big if, big if, uh, yeah. but it does seem like he does not like what's going on in Boston, and specifically, he doesn't like who's up top. Yeah, that's that's true, and it, it stems from um, how it started with Tory Krug and, and ended with Tory Krug. He's now with St. Louis, um, and then he, he also saw how David Krejci was treated, and then he ultimately opted to go play in the Czech Republic again, so... Um, you know, again, Fluto Shinzawa turned around and said, look, D- David Pasternak looked at how those two players were treated, who, by the way, those two are considered Pasternak's best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he saw the situation and, and he's not happy with how um, they were treated. 
not happy with how the the organization is is going at the moment and even went as far as to say he spoke to um a source close to Pasternak who said no way will David Pasternak return to Boston with Sweeney in charge and Sweeney just fired the coach right so like Sweeney's giving himself at least another year um of course David Pasternak still has a year on his contract but he can say like I right. don't want to play for you sure um but not not good things if you're a Boston Bruins fan, but if you're a fan of any other team, good things for damn sure. Yeah, and, and I'll end with this too um, on, on Pasternak. Although he should be at the top of the list of priorities and they should be all in on him and trying to get him, uh, again, that doesn't necessarily mean that they will. I think they should try, but it's very unlikely that the Bruins want to keep him in the East if they're going to trade him. So it's going to either take an astronomical offer, which if – that is the the ask. Maybe the Islanders can't afford, um, or he's going to go west. So he should be at the top of the list. Lamarillo has to monitor the situation just to see what the price is, and 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 you know if at some point for some weird reason the price isn't out of the question, mm-hmm. strike. But more than likely it will be, um, and, and he he won't be a New York Islander. In my opinion, I think he'll go West if he doesn't stay in Boston. That's the thing. Like he's got a 10 team, no trade list. So it's not like uh, he's saying no to have to leave. So it's not really putting Boston in, in much of a pickle. Uh, so like, yeah, I could see that you're, you're absolutely right. Like we're not going to keep you around, even though we might only play this team, like what, three times in a year. Yeah. That's three times too many. No, thank you very much. Yeah. So, so who would be the next one? If we're going down from Pasternak being like the ideal candidate, assuming they're available, who would be the next one down in, in your opinion? We, yeah, I know so, who you're th- thinking, but like I, I want you to say it out loud. Yeah, so like before I say the name, I want to preface this with saying like Pasternak is on like a level of his own. You know, mm-hmm. he's with like the top percentile percentile of the players in the league. This next, uh, um, I want to say, group of players are are still top line players, still elite uh, players in the league. Um, however, I, I guess if you're going in terms of how NHL. Uh, 22 categorizes them. Pasternak would be a quote-unquote franchise guy, right? These next players are, are elite players, um, and we'll start with Alex Dabrinkit. Dabrinkit is a two-time 41-goal scorer, um, and, and in 2020-21, in 56, he scored 32. So he had another 40-goal-paced year. Um, this guy does nothing, nothing but score. And if for some odd reason the the Chicago Blackhawks decide that they do want to sell off on Dabrinkit because the the quote was, uh, if your name is not Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taze, or Seth Jones, you are available. And then Marek went, Alex Dabrinkit? And L.A. Freeman went, yes. So it's going to, again, take a lot. Maybe not as much as Pasternak, but it will take a lot. Um, However, this is the kind of guy who you sell the farm for which I stated yesterday in another article. Um, I don't see any reason why the Islanders can't give up 13th overall, uh, Oliver Wallstrom, and listen, if you have to, Aturatu to get Alex Dabrinkit, a 24-year-old winger with two 40-goal seasons, three 40-goal-paced seasons, um, and he's, I think he's making, in real dollars, it might be $9 million. I'm not 100% sure. But his cap hit is $6 million, and then he's owed a contract. I'm bringing it up now. I'm pretty sure it's nine. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. So he's the kind of player who, when you pair with Barzell, both of them will take off. And and here's the thing, too. Matthew Barzell styles Mm -hmm. his game after who, Mitch? Patrick Kane. 
Patrick Kane. And who does Alex DeBrinket play with? I believe it's the very same Patrick Kane. Oh, okay. Patrick Kane. Good. (laughs) So we're on the same page here, right? Those two obviously tear it up. And if DeBrinket can come to the Islanders, it will be the same. Uh, He's your long-term solution for a long-time problem in the goal-scoring department. Alex DeBrinket is a must-have if he hits the trade market. Yeah, like the cost is going to be less, so you can you, you don't have to leverage everything to get him. Yeah. You still have to leverage a lot because we're talking about a 24-year-old 40-goal um, scorer. They don't grow on trees. Right. Um, and you're right. Stylistically, he fits right in. Right in. Sty- like Not even just Islander stylistically. Matthew Barzal stylistically, which is yeah. prerogative number one when it comes to getting a, a, a forward. It's not just like, we need more forwards. We could use forwards that could play with Barzal because we need to get him going a little bit more. And, and, and this guy could and should be able to get it done. He's not big, and I don't care. I really don't care about his size. 5'7", nope. 165. He's proven he can get it done at the NHL level. I don't yep. want to hear anyone like, well, he's not hard along the boards. I don't care. I really don't. We have enough guys that are good along the boards, if you will. Yep. And, and, and that's the thing. He All he does is put the puck in the back of the net. And I, I don't know what his assist looks like off the top of my head. I, I, he might be close to a point-per-game player. I don't know if he ever actually got there. Mm-hmm. But I, did, he did. You're shaking your head he yes? He did. Last okay. year, he was 56 in 52. This year, 78 and 82. What a bummer. Okay. Not even a so, play per game. Yeah, right. You're like, you're, you're creeping in close. And mind you, he did that on a, on not a good Blackhawks team. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, you anticipate the Islanders being better. You bring in a guy like DeBrinket who will only help make them better. And suddenly your goal scoring issue is not a thing anymore. So DeBrinket absolutely, absolutely checks off so many boxes. And the, the the most important thing here is not only does he check off those boxes, but the Islanders window is only so big right now, mm-hmm. uh, only so long. And because he's 24 and going into his age 25 season, he makes that window wider and longer. And by wider, I mean, yes, their chances are now um, higher to, to win, to continue to win, and longer, obviously, to do for a longer period of time. Because when you, when you have a duo of Barzell and DeBrinket, you're going to win games. And you have Ilya Sorokin in net with a Noah Dobson on your blue line. You're going to win games. You're going to win games. The only thing for me is I worry not about Debrinket. I worry about Barzal. Is Barzal enough for him? I'm not saying that Debrinket is better, although like the production is certainly there. It's just where we're going on him coming in to be like, he'll be playing with a Patty Kane. And you're like, yeah, Patty Kane never really struggled Whereas Matthew Barzell kind of did. Now, is that a system thing? You can convince me that it is. But there, there's still like a thought in the back of my mind going like, well, what if Barzell isn't, is too, de- independ- uh, too dependent of a player and it's not going to be, it's not going to work. Right? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I think, it, okay. I think you're right. I think it's a system thing and I think it's a deployment thing. Look at who he's played with. I know Jordan Eberle was a great player for the Islanders. Anders Lee is an excellent player for the Islanders right now, but those are not players who elevate other people's games. Hmm. Those are players who are elevated by other people. Look at how, you know, Anders Lee scored 40 goals a couple seasons ago. He was elevated by John Tavares um, and, and Jordan Eberle did a good, he had a good thing going with, with Matthew Barzell, but neither of them really took off and, and elevated each other. Mm-hmm. Um, they just, they just were good together um, that at like a regular pace, if that makes sense. Yeah. So um, you bring in a guy like DeBrinket, who literally all he does is score. I mean, Matthew Barzell has an insane hockey IQ, insane skill, right? 
you pair him with a guy, and you started to see it with Wallstrom. You pair it with a guy who, if he's just going to dump him the puck every chance he gets, you, he the, the, the puck's going to fly off the stick of Debrinket. So with more pucks going on net because of a shoot-first guy like him, I think you'll start to see um, more skill from Barzell, more points from Barzell. I think he can be that guy. He just needs the proper line mates. Yeah, I, I get it. I absolutely get it. I, like when I look at the Brinket right now, like 270 shots this 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 season. That's insane. I yep. assume that leads all the Islanders in shots. I haven't looked it up. Uh, I'm, I'm going to do so now, but I'm pretty sure that would lead any Islander by a healthy margin. And of course, system kind of plays into that, right? Like, sure. Uh, but you, you're still getting a guy who doesn't shy away from shooting the puck. Um, right. That's important for the Islanders, uh, who I assume are going to have a little, uh, like a, a more, a different stylistic approach when it comes to getting pucks towards net. I'm sure they're still going to have a quantity over quantity, sorry, a quality over quantity approach. But I think you're going to see more of a blend, and rather like let's say 60% quality, 40% quality, you're going to see more of like a 55, 45 type of thing. Um, and that's where some like the Brinkett can really step in. And so I'm looking at shots here. Noah Dobson, yeah, wild, I, led the team in shots at 190. Yep. <laughs> 190. Nelson, 171. DeBrinket has 199 more shots than Brock Nelson. And that's what you need. That's all you need. Of course, DeBrinket played 10 more games than Brock Nelson did. But still, he's not getting 10 shots like, four right. per game. What was uh, DeBrinket's shooting percentage? 15.6. Yeah. Yeah, so he, he just knows how to fill the net. Yeah, it, it, that's that's really good. Like, he's a volume shooter and, and really kind of puts them in. Um, you got, that would lead, not lead the Islanders. Like, Peugeot's at 14.3. Um, and then you've got Bailey at 16.1, but Bailey doesn't really shoot much. You know, you, you have him right below Anders Lee and Brock Nelson in terms of conversion rate, but he's getting them on the on the net way more frequently than either of those two guys are. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. So that, that would be the next one. Uh, Fiala obviously would be another one, but we spent the entire show last time talking about him, so I don't think anything has changed there. Yeah, I, I do want to point out, though, I, I wrote an article today on why he makes the most sense. Mm. And, and the thing is, right, we, we talked about Pashanak, we talked about Dabrinkit, and we also talked about what they would cost. Well, if you look at Fiala, right, he scored 33 and 85 last season, um, which is excellent. He's an elite player. And I, would, I wouldn't I would go as far as to say that Dabrinkit is a better player than he is. He might just be a better scorer. Mm. Um, sure. The big thing here is what is Kevin Fiala going to cost you? And it's severely less than what the two former guys could cost you. So the importance here in, in, in why I think, in my opinion, Kevin Fiala makes the most sense for the Islanders is one, he fit he checks all the same boxes as Debrinket. Um, and two, he costs you far, far less. And that allows Lou Lamorello to turn around and say, oh, all I did was give up Oliver Walsh from my second round pick in 2022 for uh, Kevin Fiala. Great, I need a defenseman. Hey, Arizona, here's my first-round pick, Anthony Bavillier, and, I don't know, William DeFore. I'll take Jacob Chikrin, thank you. That That's it. Like You have a better um, management of resources, if you will, to acquire and fill the gaps you need. Like, we talk about forwards a lot uh, yeah. because they're flashier, but for the Islanders, I, I, I wrote that if we're going we're gonna to go like, I wrote that and I wrote this. We write a lot, guys. <laughs> um, I wrote today about how, like, what is the number one priority? If you can only do one thing, what do you do? 
and they do address defense because while the Islanders don't score a lot, they score enough to win because we've seen them do that. Right now, they've got on the left side of defense, Adam Pellick, Robin Sallow, and a ghost. That's not good enough. They need uh, someone else. And so if, if you can do both because you've gone for the maybe not the best talent out of the ones that we're looking at here, but one that's like maybe one step down and you saved yourself some pretty like uh, valuable assets, it's a no-brainer. It really is a no-brainer. And we'll, we'll see if that's the, the road Lou Lamorello goes down. But uh, that that you're absolutely right. Kevin Fiala would be the, the no-nonsense no approach here. Absolutely. And so I guess those are the three big names out in terms of, like the trade market. And then we obviously get to the free agent market. And we're, we're talking now about uh, Johnny Gaudreau, who is as elite as they can get. Um, maybe not as elite as, da- as David Pasternak. Of course, Gaudreau scores more, for sure. Um, there's no question there, but um, scores more points, not maybe more goals. But it, it seems that he might be actually available because, like, when you look at it, I don't, I don't know if Calgary can even can keep him. I, I really don't think they can do it. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Because uh, you know Matthew Kachuk is due for a contract, and uh, he's a restricted free agent. He's in his early 20s. He just scored 40 goals, 80 points. He's the guy that if you're going to keep one of them, it's him. And not only does he do all of the the right things on the score sheet, he also does everything else to irritate the crap out of his opponent. So um, if the Flames are going to continue to build towards championship uh, caliber teams, he's the centerfold of that. Um, Haley Salvian wrote a really good article today on five teams who would be in on Johnny Gaudreau. And what do you know? The New York Islanders are on the list. Um, and she says, you never know what Lou Lamorello is thinking, but there's reason to believe Gaudreau could be a fit on Long Island. The Islanders only scored 2.79 goals per game, which ranked them uh, the, th- the bottom third in the NHL for scoring. Um, and Gaudreau isn't just coming off a career year offensively. He's He looked more complete in all three zones, much like the Islanders like. And there's a reason to believe that he can come and fit perfectly fine in this defensive system. He can help Matthew Barzell elevate his game. He uh, Matthew Barzell can continue to... Um, or, or sorry, Johnny Gaudreau can continue to play at a high caliber pace, and you could see one of the better duos in the league in Barzell and Gaudreau. The only problem, so maybe not, I'll focus on the negative maybe first, and that's just, it's a really slight negative. Who's taking draws? Johnny Gaudreau don't take draws. He took one last year, and while Barzell takes draws, he's got 271, sorry, uh, not even, only 231 wins. Uh, he's at 46% effective in the faceoff, and that's his best year in the faceoff dot, 46.3. So they need someone on the right to take draws. Ain't going to be Oliver Wallstrom. No, it, it, it's not. So, and and that's the thing. I guess, you know, the the issue there becomes you're going to have to depend on Matthew Barzell to, one, in the offseason, work on his faceoff draws and get a little bit better, or two, I don't know, maybe, maybe they decide uh, we'll throw – uh, JG Pajot out there for the faceoff and do a quick change. I'm not really sure how that would work because, um, you know, Barzell and Gaudreau would, would be on uh, the ice with them, um, with, with JG Pajot. And I'm thinking the right winger, which maybe it is Wallstrom, and, and they, they try him on the first line to start the season, um, quickly changes with Pajot after he probably wins the draw because, let's face it, he's, I don't know if there's anybody better. No, at, at the full-on Yannick Perrault situation with Montreal, where he would come on when the draw get back and, and go, it doesn't yeah. really work in the second period, but first and thirds, so you got the you know the shorter change might yeah. work. 
Um, but the the one big pot, maybe not big positive outside of like the scoring is Johnny's a left wing, a left shot. Barzi's a right shot. And like that kind of stuff matters, not even just when it comes to defense, but even on forward when you're, these guys operate on the rush. So of course we've seen Matthew Barzell work with Jordan Eberle and Eberle's is a righty, just like Barzell. But when you're coming off the rush and you can feed him strong side, that, that really helps a whole lot. And that, that, that's a dynamic here that we, we, that is constantly underrated, I think. Yeah, I think that's pretty much what you saw with Gaudreau in Calgary playing with Elias Lindholm, if I'm not mistaken. I, I could be wrong in, in, in saying that, um, but uh, that that line, I mean, look, when you're uh, – yeah, I'm right. thank you for the thumbs up. I, that's what I thought. So, <laughs> He's a right. And that's that's the dynamic, right? Um, and look, I'm, nothing against Elias Lindholm. He's an excellent player. I think he might be one of the most underrated players in the NHL. I think, I think the ceiling – is higher for for Barzell, maybe not um, forty goal potential, but the higher ceiling to be more offensively creative. Um, I think the thing with Gaudreau was that he was the playmaker and a goal scorer for Calgary. Now he just has to worry about being a goal scorer, so Ben Barzell could be be the playmaker. So um, I think that it could benefit Gaudreau even better if, believe it or not, you know who had one hundred and fifteen points this season. <laughs> that would be wild. Um, but the only thing there, I guess the big drawback, it wouldn't be face-offs, that's for sure, is the cost financially, right? Like, can the Islanders make it work financially with $12.5 million worth of cap space? Yeah, I and that's... Bailey's gone, right? Right, That that's when you start thinking, okay, who who's going to get shipped out to bring Johnny Gaudreau in? Yes, Bailey would be one of the first guys. Um, I, I don't believe Bavillier would be a casualty of a cap dump. He would be part of a quote-unquote hockey trade that we keep hearing about mm-hmm. uh, the other name which would be unfortunate in my in my opinion Semyon Barlamov he'd be he'd be the next one with the five million dollar cap hit one year left um, I, I'm hesitant to trade Semyon Barlamov but I guess in in the sense that yeah you're getting Johnny Gaudreau you kind of have to because you, you make that trade all day, right? If, if Calgary comes to you and says, hey, we want Semyon Varlamov, we'll give you Johnny Gaudreau. You're clicking yes faster than you clicked anything before. Um, but again, you, you, you're hesitant to go with Sorokin and back up who we don't know um, just because you look at look what's going on in the conference finals uh, out in the West or what did go on in the conference finals out in the West. Four goaltenders have played in that in, uh, in that series and um, – Injuries happen, and God forbid you lose Sorokin long term. That's a problem. That's a big problem. So, um, I wouldn't be so quick to trade Varley. Um, I'm with you. Also, there's a 16 team no trade list, right? Like, that's going to be very preventative because some of the teams that um, are in the market for a goalie um, aren't places he wants to go to. So, like, that's a big problem, and that's going to be awful for, for him. I don't yeah. see the Islanders doing it, but I guess it's a possibility. It's the only yeah. other guy that they can move. Right. And 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 you already know that he's not going to Edmonton. He already said he wasn't going to go. So um, that's one team that we already know in our minds. He, he I, I, And I bet you could count out any of the Canadian teams. Probably, yeah. So it, it would be tough. It would be really tough. And, and that's really the market, right? Like Toronto might want him. Edmonton def- definitely wants him. But outside of that, like, there really isn't a market for... I- I'm sure there's other teams that I'm forgetting, and someone's like, this team, don't forget them! But, like, 
it, it really is just that. Um, so. It might be maybe Vegas wants them. Maybe Washington wants a reunion. Maybe mm-hmm. Colorado wants a reunion. Um, but again, too soon to tell. We'll know more in the offseason, I think. Um, either way, if there's any inkling of a chance the Islanders can get Johnny Gaudreau, they do not hesitate. Yeah. And so I guess the final name on the list would be Philip Forsberg. Is there anything new? Have you heard anything new on what the heck is going on with Philip Forsberg and the National Predators? Yeah, just that talks have resumed. Um, That's good. They're, they're trying to grind out a contract, but the word emphasis on the word grind, it's going to be a <laughs> oh grind. Boy. There's, there's, I think, differing opinions on good, uh, Goudreau on Forsberg's side as to how much he should make versus the Nashville Predators side mm. as to how much they think he should make. So um, there's differing opinions there. Uh, Forsberg obviously scored 40 goals this year. He had 80 points and he was unbelievable. One of the better goal scorers um, in the NHL this this season. He's just going to uh, either break the bank for Nashville because they have a couple of hefty contracts there or he'll be moving on. So it'll be a grind. The belief, and, I, and this is quoting Pierre Lebrun, he said that he thinks it'll get done, but it's going to take a while. Um, actually, sorry, not a while. It's going to take a, a lot of work, um, mm. and it, it's going to be a tough negotiation. So, never say never. It's possible he could still he could still get to free agency because there there are times during these contract negotiations where you know tempers flare high, and yeah. or and suddenly Forsberg's like, forget it, I'm going to free agency. Yeah, I'll get so, I'll get what I want there. <laughs> yeah, and maybe the Islanders can make it can make it work. And you know he won't be playing for Trotz, who I don't think was necessarily too high on him when he was in Nashville. But you know maybe Lane Lambert was a different story because Lane Lambert was the head coach for the Milwaukee Admirals, was he not? When uh, Forsberg was there, so like that might be an angle to work with for the Islanders. But definitely focus there for them because he he could fix a lot of things. Uh, he would have to shave. But, yeah. Um, I don't think he's going to care too much necessarily yeah. if he's getting paid $10 million or close to it. It would work if it was like the New York Yankees where the Yankees could have mustaches. They're allowed to have that. Mm-hmm. Just everything else they can't have. So I, I don't know. Maybe he can convince Lou, hey, Lou, let me just keep the lip lettuce. And, and you know, that's where my goals come from. <laughs> the pinstripes do it. Why can't like you base your entire ethos on them? So why the hell not? Um, epic. Okay, so... I think that we, we've talked ourselves through, like, all of the guys out there. Is there still one more that I might be missing here? No, I mean, you could we, we could name some guys that are on the free agent list, but no names uh, other than those five who are surefire first-line upgrades that the Islanders can be in on. So, Perfect. All right, so I think we'll wrap up the show there. So for everyone out there, you can get all of our stuff at eyesonisles.com. Click on all them articles all the time, every day. Thank you very much. Um, if you're looking for exclusive Islanders content, we got you hooked up as well. That's eyes on Isles, oh, sorry, patreon.com slash eyes on Isles. For five bucks a month, you get four, sorry, three podcasts a week, plus a live chat on Sunday, plus a Discord, plus, plus, plus. It is great. Uh, go to Twitter, follow Eyes on Isles FS. Uh, also, we have a Facebook, so go, just go look up Eyes on Isles on the Facebook. We have our own Twitter. Mine is at TLO Mitch. Yours, James, is? At James Nichols NYI. All right, it's written right there. Um, so <laughs> oh, yeah. thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you for listening to another week. And, James, we're going to do it again next week, baby. Sounds good. All right, see you later, everyone. Later, guys. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.